This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We are live Thank today you. at Jimmy's Flowers. Find out what they can do for you this Valentine's Day. Go to jimmysflowers.com. Also, we want to remind you about our friends at Miki Couture. The best blanket ever is also the best gift for Valentine's Day. Get 50% off right now. Any regularly priced blankets with promo code ZONE50 on MikiCouture.com and take care of that Valentine's Day gift. Uh, you can also visit a location near you at Ogden, Layton, Draper, Orem, Sugarhouse, and St. George, Miki Couture for Valentine's Day. That's Miki Couture. Let's put a wrap on uh, this NFL season. Let's get out to the zone phone. He's been joining us all season long from the Peacock and Williamson podcast, amongst a lot of other stuff. He's our good friend, Matt Williamson. What's going on, Matt? Not a lot. How you guys doing? Hey, we're doing terrific, man. Uh, just, uh, you know, still digesting that Super Bowl. Your thoughts on uh, what the Bucks were able to do to the Chiefs? It was unbelievably impressive. I mean, I thought they were the better coach team, the more aggressive team. They played faster. They were more physical. Uh, their defensive line just totally exploited an extremely banged-up group of, of Chiefs blockers and really dominated from start to finish. I mean, I, I was blown away. I didn't see that coming. They seemed like they wanted it more as well. And I'm not, you know, implying that the Chiefs didn't play hard or anything. But, boy, Tampa came out flying. Matt, we were just talking earlier about how Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. My question to you is, even in the times on the plays when he seemed to have enough time to throw, there was a coverage sack. I mean, were you surprised at how well the receivers were blanketed? Yeah, that was a bit shocking, too. I mean, the back seven for the Bucks also deserves a lot of credit. Of course, the pass rush was dominant against lesser blockers, but the, the coverage was outstanding against some of the best receivers in the league. And it sure looked to me, and it's, I mean, I know this is what they were looking to do, was they weren't going to let Tyreek beat them over the top. You know, and they were going to expose the middle of the field if need be. And Kelsey had a couple drops and finished the day with really good numbers. But that wasn't enough. And, you know, Kansas City didn't run the ball very much, even though there were some favorable situations for them. There was a couple drops. Penalties obviously hurt the Chiefs in the first half as well. But, boy, the Bucks D gets the game ball for me. Matt, were you surprised? Well, let me put it this way. The Chiefs historically have been so good at uh, being down but not out and then storming back. I mean, we saw it uh, in last year's Super Bowl. We've seen them do it a bunch. Are you surprised that they were not able to make the adjustments to storm back into this one? Yeah, uh, very much so. I mean, it it shocked me that Andy Reid didn't help his line more with keeping extra blockers in. I mean, things like that. Or that they didn't get the Bucks D figured out. I mean, I was strongly considering putting a bet on the, the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl when they were down heavy, thinking, wow, I can get great odds now. Maybe they can storm back and win this thing, as we've seen so many times. But glad I didn't. 
Matt, we've made it all the way through this interview without mentioning uh, and the name of Tom Brady. At least I don't think anybody said it so far. What, what do you make of the old? What do you make of the old man? Really playing well. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he really put his stamp on this um, on this team as the season went on. Particularly after the Week 13 bye, a lot more play action a lot more Patriot-like situations. And I'm sure his leadership has a, a massive ripple effect on everybody involved in that organization. I mean, just in terms of, uh, hey, uh, it, should I should I hang it up or should I lift that extra set of weights? And the old guy in the corner is over there pumping away with six rings on his finger, like, ah, maybe I'll keep it up. You know, obviously the culture has changed dramatically in Tampa Bay was a long time before they were in the you know that they were in the playoffs before this year and they're really something right now matt williamson with us here on 97.5 and uh, 1280 the zone and this is kind of a, a delicate subject um and and i kind of want to keep it broad i guess but there was a, a situation with Britt reed obviously a couple of days before the super bowl and it's not the first distraction that we've seen before a Super Bowl, right? I mean, you know, go back to Barrett Robbins disappearing mm-hmm. for the Raiders to to Tijuana, Eugene Robinson for the Falcons. I mean, we've seen these these kind of negative stories impact teams before. Do you think that had some sort? Do you think Andy Reid might have been distracted by that unfortunate situation? Yeah, I, I mean, I brought it up on our podcast as well. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't. I don't know how any father out there couldn't have been distracted and you know it, it shocked me that, I mean that aside I mean I didn't think he coached a particularly good game and I think he's an elite head coach uh, I mean that, I don't mean to make excuses for him but uh, I mean that has to be a huge component of you know or looming over the team I mean it's not even his son it's an assistant coach on the team that everybody knew it wasn't just you know a kid at home type of situation where he, he was a little bit of an outsider. I mean, everybody knew you know, him and the the issues that the Reed family has had in the past, too. I, I think it's a huge component that no one seems to be talking about that is massive. You mentioned Matt, Tom Brady's leadership. How much freedom did he have to 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 call plays or to change plays? Was he as much a coach as anybody else? None of us know that for sure. But by the stamp of how they play on offense and how it changed throughout the season, I think it's pretty clear that he has as much influence as anyone, if not more. You know, we saw some things even, you know, while during the game when he was mic'd up or whatever, and he's just yelling, no, no, no. You know I mean? Like, he's doing what he wants to do and has obviously earned that. And by no means is that discounting what, Leftwich, who I think is a future head coach, and Arians have done with that offense. I, I think it takes really smart people to realize, hey, we need to cater to him. We need to let him do what he's going to do. Don't just keep you know squashing a square peg into a round hole. Matt, today um, the latest quarterback drama has been with Russell Wilson with Seattle as he's done a, a few interviews where he's – you know, the rhetoric wasn't sharp. I mean, he he wasn't really mean about it, but the message coming out that he's tired of getting knocked down and he doesn't want to be sacked 400 times and set the NFL sacks record. What do you make of Russell expressing expressing his opinion? Let me put it that way. Yeah, and I've only heard it secondhand. I haven't read or heard, you know, seen what he said exactly. 
Um, I'm sure he's frustrated with how he and the entire offense played down the stretch. They were almost night and day from the first half of the season to the second. And I don't understand why they ran the ball as much as they did late in the year. And frankly, Wilson didn't play very well those last six to eight weeks. I mean, you can blame others around them or they didn't throw enough or whatever you want, but his play isolated was not that impressive late in the season. I don't know. I mean, he has taken a beating over his, over his years. Some of that is self-induced because he holds the ball, especially as a young player, longer than most quarterbacks. And for the most part, that works out extremely well for him. I wouldn't look too much into it. It probably is more along the lines of Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season, just showing a little frustration and probably much ado about nothing. I hope. So, so Matt, how many quarterbacks do you think are going to change locations? I don't know if you guys saw the tweet a week or two ago from Adam Schefter, who thought 18 was the magic number. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. (laughs) And then since then he even said, I'll take the over. And Adam knows more than I do about these things. I can't imagine it being that number, but I bet it's over 10 or so. I mean, the the thing that I did this exercise on the podcast too. I mean, there's easily 10 to 12 teams, you know, Buffalo, Kansas city that, you know, there's no change. I mean, does that mean everyone else is going to move quarterbacks? I mean, I think Wentz and Darnold and some of these other guys will be moving sooner than later. But I can't imagine it's more than 10 or 12. But still, that's a remarkable number. Matt, let me ask you uh, specifically about Carson Wentz. And I kind of laughed, I guess it was last week, maybe a couple weeks ago, where I saw the report that the Eagles would be looking for multiple first-round draft picks, which I I just chuckled because you look at the Jared Goff trade and it's like, no, Philadelphia, you're the one who's going to have to spend to get that contract off your books. Am Am I totally misreading that? I'm the biggest Wentz fan you're going to find. And it took me a long time to really give him the blame that he's deserved for how poorly he played this year. I read that same thing too. And laughed. I'm like, you want two first round picks for this guy with his contract. And, you know, basically the, the Rams had to give Detroit something to take Goff off their hands. Goff played better than Wentz. They have similar contracts this year. I mean, I can't believe that. And, you know, a, a while back I was saying it's probably a a second or or so to get Wentz out of, out of there. I mean, okay, I can buy that. Not too first. And I will say Philly is kind of notorious for getting things to the media to try to help their cause more than most teams. And this sure feels like that to me, but – to, to even consider two first, you're not going to get anybody sniffing around at all. Matt, somebody on our show gets beat up a lot for always picking the uh, the favorite to go all the way. Uh, so I'm asking for a friend, not for myself, <laughs> but I'm asking, would you would you pick the Bucks to win again next year? <laughs> Man, it's a tough one because they have about five really – important free agents and i'd like to know who returns and who doesn't of course but i feel like they're hitting their stride as an organization and as an offense i think it's really important that neither of their coordinators was pillaged you know i think that's a big big deal for them as it stands right now maybe i mean i do think matthew stafford helps the rams tremendously and boosts their chances a little bit but i'm not sure i'm ready to pick them 
I still think the Packers have some holes. I think the Saints are ready to fall off and get hit really hard by uh, salary cap problems. So I would say Tampa is the favorite, at least in the NFC. Matt, I'm okay, sure we've I'm asked. Gonna, uh, excuse me, Jake. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes here. You should. Yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt, want to ask you about the Cowboys, of course, in their quarterback situation. Jerry Jones says uh, that they are, are not afraid to franchise tag Dak again. At what point do you think Jerry's going to have to invest in that in that guy or move off him? Yeah, we actually had a really good conversation on the podcast today about that, thinking you have to franchise him. I mean, at a minimum – then if somebody comes and offers them a great contract, you get two first-round picks in return. And there were some rumors that Washington's very interested, which would make an awful lot of sense. Um, but he's expensive, and I think he showed his value this year by not playing. I mean, the offense was dramatically worse without him. And I'm not sure people realize this. I mean, in 2019, it's only a year ago, they were the best offense in the league on a yards-per-play basis. And – I mean, better than the Chiefs, better than everybody. And I don't think they're far off. And that was without C.D. Lamb. So to have a chance, I think you have to lock him up long term. And I'm a little shocked it hasn't happened, you know, already or rumored to be on the horizon. Matt, we've had some good college uh, linebackers come through uh, the schools in this state. Uh, Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner, Kyle Van Oy among them. Who's the best linebacker playing in the NFL these days? I think I'm going to go with Warner. And I'm not trying to score points with the locals. I mean, I did a a preseason linebacker list and had Warner at like 10th or 11th on my list. And a bunch of people gave me a hard time about it. And I regret having him that low. So I paid a little more extra attention to him just for that reason. He flies all over the field. His, he is extremely instinctual and reads things extremely well. Um, I think he's an improving player at a rapid rate. I mean, more important in that off, in that defense than he's been, you know, in previous years. I'll go with Warner with the arrow pointing up. Yeah. Matt Williamson with us. And, Matt, last thing from me, you cover the Pittsburgh Steelers closely. What's the future of that franchise and uh, particularly at their quarterback position? Yeah, I think Ben will be back this year at a reduced rate at a team-friendly type of situation. But I would imagine it's the end of the road for him. I, I really look at it like a, an Elway with the Broncos type of situation that for them to compete this year, they need to find their Terrell Davis and run the football a lot more, get the ball out of Ben's hands. They threw the ball at a way too high a percentage, rely on the defense, kind of an old-school approach. Um, asking him to carry the team anymore just isn't going to get it done. Matt, I, I, my last question is about Aaron Rodgers. And I'm, no, I'm not going to ask you about his recent uh, engagement, but I do want to <laughs> ask you, did did he deserve, was he the MVP? Was that, was that the right choice? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I really thought he only had one bad game in the regular season, happened to be against Tampa Bay, um, didn't have a, ton around him i mean he had a, a fair amount but his mvps go wasn't a loaded offense i thought he played at an extremely high level he would have got my vote yes well matt we just want to say thanks for all your help this nfl season it was unique but it was fun to have you aboard and we appreciate you coming on the show so much absolutely it was a lot of fun thanks so much thanks man thank you thanks. matt
That's our friend Matt Matt Williamson. Uh, he does a lot, uh, but specifically uh, the Peacock and Williamson podcasts, part of the uh, Locked On Network. And as we mentioned, he covers the Steelers closely. He's a former scout, um, and he's really good. Also works ProFootballNetwork.com. He does a bunch of different things, but uh, he was great this year. Yeah, I agree with you completely. It was always fun talking with Matt. And the thing about it is he's really knowledgeable but he's but he's also opinionated, so it was fun to hear his uh, his points of view. That Carson Wentz thing is so funny to me. It's that's got to be the Eagles, you know, putting a wish list out there into the wind, right? I mean, a guy who's <laughs> got one of the worst contracts. Carson Wentz has one of the worst contracts in the NFL. He forgot how to play football. I've never seen anything like it. Somebody go from that promising to just the worst quarterback in the league overnight is just baffling to me. But to throw it out there that, hey, a guy we pretty much have to get rid of, you're going to have to give us two first-round picks. And he might not be able to play. I mean, there's there's no way that happens. So is he, is he fixable? Do, do you think uh, – I don't the know. the truth with him? I hey, don't know. I don't that's, know either. That's the biggest thing. Like, is is he just a little – and I feel bad throwing this out there, but is, is he just a little mentally fragile where stuff started working against him, and then the Eagles draft a rookie behind him, and he just couldn't handle that situation? Or is it further than that, where really his game is, is never going to recover? I don't, I don't know. Well, if, if, if he felt pressure because they drafted a quarterback, uh, but that didn't seem to inhibit Aaron Rodgers at all, did it? But I don't think anybody considers Aaron Rodgers to be uh, any kind of mentally weak. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you this. If I were a GM, that would make me think twice. All these guys have big decisions to make as far as which players to invest in, which players to draft. And if you have a high draft pick, you better be pretty certain about the guy you're taking because that's a big commitment. And you better get it right because if you don't get it right, now you've got a problem on your hands. And, and it's then really- you start making stuff – then you start making stuff up about needing them, uh, everything but the team's complete bank account for, for a player in trade. So, Gordon, I, I'm going to agree and disagree with you. Do, oh, disagree only slightly. I, I think draft good quarterback, I think that's absolutely important. But maybe what's more important is the second contract with that quarterback you drafted. Where when it, they become eligible to really make some big-time money, you better be pretty sure they're awesome when you give it to them. Because that not yeah. that been the problem with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz? Is like they got to the point where they were eligible for some big money and the franchise looked at them and goes, oh, I think you're worth <laughs> that. And then they sign it and immediately regret it because they're not. That's I, I think that's the, the really tough judgment. That's why the Dak Prescott thing is so interesting to me because Dak's been good, but has he been mm-hmm. that good? I don't know. I, I really don't. I, that, that's what's so inexplicable about it. I, I have no clue what's happening when a guy shows you at least enough evidence to pay him a bunch of money. And then that is the worst time for him to go downhill because now you've got a chain around your neck. You know, what are you going to do? You're stuck. It, you're stuck. Yeah. And then now, even if Philly does trade Carson Wentz, and I, I'll have to double check this, but it's like 20 million bucks in dead money. I mean, mm. they're, they're, cutting off their nose to spite their face, meaning they think they have so little faith in him that they're willing to punish the rest of the franchise just to have him go somewhere else. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
uh, making the right choices, acumen is pretty important. I know you're not going to get everyone right, but the ones you get wrong, if they're big ones, uh, you could be in trouble. I want to believe that the guy is redeemable, that, that, that he can come back and he can be more than he than he had been recently. But but I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either, and that's that's a tough part. Like, does he go to somewhere like Indiana, where he plays for his old coach and Frank Reich? Who, who did uh, get the most out of him, and maybe that's the problem. But I, I don't know. I'd certainly have my doubts. All right, we want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their New Year special is going on now, $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of February. Check them out, davisvisionmd.com. We are live at Jimmy's Flowers. We're here at the Layton location, 2840 North Hill, Hillfield Road in Layton, 2735 Washington Boulevard in Ogden, and the Bountiful location, 40, uh, 470 South Main. Our friend Angie is jumping on with us once again. Angie, hello. thanks for joining us. Hello, hello, hello. It's a regular thing now. I love it. Uh, and you hit on something <laughs> last time you were on that, uh, you know, people can go to jimmysflowers.com or they can come in here, but you've got something for everybody. We do, we do, we do. Like I said, as I was saying earlier, the succulents are so popular right now, but something else that has kind of been like a new thing is all the fun colors they have out in orchids we have a wide array of orchids to choose from there's white and then there's the natural novelty colors but they also have come up with these um they're called infused or gemstones and they are in lilac hot pink and cobalt blue and they have been really really beautiful as they've come in and they're just striking they're very striking when you see them you're like whoa where how did they get that and they actually infuse them with um, dye. Oh, wow. And at the growers. And so they're just unique and different. And then there's always the beautiful white ones that are very, very stunning. And people always, they're showstoppers. Everybody loves them. Well, see, this is why we love you, Angie, because, uh, and Gordon, I don't mean to speak for you here because we know what a green thumb you have, but I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to flowers. You know so. what? It's not hard. It, they're really, they're not hard to take care of. We try to keep things that are easy care. You know, not super bright light, not super, you know, it just works well in most people's offices or homes. You guys have fun doing this because it seems like kind of artwork. You're going to be creative. I keep coming back every day. You know, they still (laughs) let me come back. I love it here. I've been here a long time. And we've seen a lot of things evolve and change over the years. But plants and fresh flowers and candy, you can't go wrong. You know, it's a great thing. Hey Gordon, I, I've got to let you know we are we are talking to a soon-to-be world-famous celebrity, television celebrity, in Angie. She's oh going to be gosh. on. She's oh. going to be on with Big Buddha tomorrow. Oh. Radio's Gordon. great. Right? I love, I love, I love that too. I love that too. Don't get me wrong, but man, I got to you know make sure I look just right now too. Ooh, a lot so of stress. Set your DVRs. We'll be tuning <laughs> no! in tomorrow morning uh, and catching Angie on with Big Buddha. Oh no, so. no, no! I have hey, a very hey, small cameo. Very small. <laughs> Angie, yes. I, I'm I'm gonna look forward to seeing you, but oh I, my you've gosh. caught my you've caught my imagination with those cobalt flower uh, colored <sighs> flowers. I I because I love that color. It's kind of a bright blue, right? Oh, it's bright blue. Yeah, it's cobalt sapphire blue. They are beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely Man, stunning. That sounds 
I might have to, I don't know, maybe I'll talk to you later, Angie, about hey, that. Hey, hey, you know, you know how to find me. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm it's living here hard. this week. What yeah, are you right. talking about? No, we love it here. We do. We have a lot of fun. All right, so jimmysflowers.com or any of their three locations here in Layden, Ogden, or Bountiful. Angie, thank you very thank much. Thank you. You guys have a nice evening. This is fantastic. There you go. That's the world-famous Angie. Catch her on with Big Buddha tomorrow morning as well. We will have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I need somebody Help. not just anybody Help. you know I need someone Help. this is the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott presented by Big O Tires stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires Big O Tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we are live today at Jimmy's Flowers. Gordon, certainly one of our very favorite places. We're at the Layton location, 2840 North Hillfield Road here in Layton. But also uh, they have their Ogden location, 2735 Washington Boulevard. And in Bountiful, 470 South Main. And you're welcome to drop by any location, of course, but maybe the easiest way to go is jimmysflowers.com where they have arrangements to fit any budget at uh, jimmysflowers.com. Gordon, uh, tonight uh, the Jazz begin a stretch of, uh, of really difficult basketball games. In the next four games, they'll play three out of the four best teams in the Eastern Conference with Miami sandwiched there in the middle. And uh, that's before going on the road to face the Clippers twice uh, next week. What, uh, I, I guess, big picture, let's take those six games, Gordon. Big picture, what do you think or what do you expect from the Jazz in this stretch? Well, if they're really legitimate, if they are what they seem to be at 19-5 and five right now, you would expect them to see a lot of success. They are going up against tougher competition, but that's the category they're in now. Best record in the league. So now it's kind of prove-it time. Let's see what you've really got. And I know these are regular season games, and it's all preparation for what comes next. But this is part of that preparation. I want to see how they do with this group. And I would expect them to do pretty well. And if they don't, I think they'll be disappointed with themselves. So what's the bar there, I guess, is, is what I'm aiming at here. Because uh, oh, I, I don't, don't think. Uh, at, least, I don't think... At, least, at least four wins. Okay, because I don't think six is, is realistic in the slightest. I mean, they're going to lose a game in this stretch. Uh, you know, four, I even think, will be, will be difficult, four out of six, and maybe you, you think they split with the Clippers and one of these good Eastern Conference teams gets them at home. That seems, that seems realistic to me. I think having Miami on the second night of a back-to-back makes them a little bit more vulnerable in that particular game. I mean, it's um, not but, like Boston's playing that great, Jake. No, they're what, they're 2-2 I mean, two and 10. Two and yeah, they're two and two in this on this five game road trip. So I mean, it's it's okay, but they've still I mean, and we don't know the status of Jalen Brown, but Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are are playing out of their minds. I mean, they they've yeah. been really great this season. So I I mean, I certainly wouldn't sleep on Boston regardless of their record. And I I want to say in, uh, something similar about Miami, but they've just been so down. It's been so strange with with them this year. I don't. I haven't looked at that closely enough to know exactly what's going on other than Jimmy Butler's missed a bunch of games. But um, I don't know. Is that is that realistic? Is that fair to expect four out of the out of the next six? 
I think it is. Yeah, the, as the Jazz set themselves up as being a really, really good team, then they set them. They set those expectations higher as well, and I, I think that's a sign of respect for what they're doing. If to say that, oh, they'll be they'll be fortunate to to go 500 over the next six. Uh, that's not the way to treat a, a, a really good, potentially great team. Uh, the expectation is there for, for them to take care of their business. By the way, against Boston tonight, you talked about how Tatum and Brown are playing fantastic, and they're both on uh, on uh, Magic Johnson's uh, list of potential MVP candidates. He has a list of 14. And that guess didn't who include is... anyone from the Utah Jazz. No, did not. What does Buck know? Did not. But, you know, but that, that, that's what's so interesting. You know, you hear these lists of who's, who's in the running for an MVP and there's no jazz player uh, included. And you have, I mean, they're, they're, they are 19 and 5. The Celtics are 12 and 10. And they have two players on that list. So either the regular season is seen as a complete farce and a waste of time or else it means something. And I'm not... I'm not sure that the Jazz are getting quite enough respect as individual contributors. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, is Donovan, should Donovan Mitchell be on that list? I, 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 I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, I, I think you could whittle that list down to about five or four guys, and I would not include him in that group. But it's just, it's just sort of interesting to me. This is where the Jazz need to take advantage of these opportunities to show how good they are. And there are people out there who still doubt. And when you're going up against some of these Eastern Conference teams, if you go out and play the way you've been playing and you are at times dominant, then you get the attention not only of the teams but the coaches who are involved in some of those selections for all-star honors and that kind of thing. And you get the attention of the media, and through the media, you get the attention of fan bases. This is an opportunity for the Jazz, and if I were them, that's the way I would look at it. Yeah, on national TV, uh, two extra attention tonight. But I, I the Jazz are going to continue to have their doubters until they until they get it done in the playoffs, I would guess. And I, I don't know if that has as much to do if if there's legitimately doubts or if there is some sort of vibe working against the Jazz. Because I believe in that, too, that they don't get the benefit of the doubt like other clubs do. You know, you could look at this this version of the Jazz similar to the, the version of the Dallas Mavericks that finished number one in the West all those years ago and then lost to Golden State, right? Nobody was ever doubting how good those Mavericks teams were. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or well, at least the Jazz, that particular uh, Mavericks team. Yeah. But, but yet the Jazz don't seem to get the benefit of the doubt. But is that because they haven't? you know, proven it at the highest level, or is it some sort of, well, they don't get the attention so people don't really know? Well, I'm not really in the – I don't like playing that game of uh, poor poor us, poor market. You know, we're out here in the middle of the Rocky Mountains and no one's really paying attention, boo-hoo. Uh, I, I don't like getting into that. But let's say a team that was in a bigger market was 19-5 and five right now. What kind of attention would they be getting? Gordon, I'm sorry, I got just a tad bit distracted because the the world famous Tracy Chapman just stopped into Jimmy's Flowers. How about that? Our old cohort over there at Simmons Media, a legit celebrity coming into Jimmy's Flowers. No big deal. Good to see our friend Tracy Chapman. Um, Gordon, kind of just trying to to follow where you were going. I, I, 
like last year's Jazz team, right, went through that streak in February where they were just, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head how many games they won, but you remember they were red hot. Michael Conley wasn't they were, in the I lineup. Think they got 10. Starting I think they there. got 10 in a row. Yeah, so that never felt legitimate, though, because no. the schedule they were going through was light. There were some other things that didn't work earlier in the year, which which kind of led to doubt. This This does not feel like that to me, and I think you agree with me on that, but this run – does not feel like that to me. It feels like something a little more sustainable, and maybe they're doing something a little more special. But if you're not watching every single game, I don't know if you can make that distinction. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I, yeah, I get, I get you 100. percent But it, it, this is the thing: the Jazz have to, they have proving to do. They have to show not just everybody else, but they have to show themselves what they're capable of doing. And if they go out and play against these better teams from the East, the way they played against the Pacers the other day, and granted they were tired and they look tired and they're missing Mike Conley, or whatever, but if they play like that, they're going to get beat. They're going to lose some of these games. They're going to lose their opportunity. But there the window is wide open for them to go out and show what they're capable of doing. Quit turning the ball over, make some free throws, and, and, and you know move the ball the way you should and take advantage of your opportunities. It, we've seen them do that on many occasions. If they do it over the next week, then, yeah, I think they'll continue to open eyes and get more respect. Although I've seen them, uh, I think, I forget which of the major websites has a uh, has a power ranking, but right now for two weeks in a row, the Jazz have been atop it. So so maybe we're, maybe we're just being uh, a little too, uh, you know, paranoid here, uh, being here in Hooterville thinking that nobody has noticed but maybe they have that was a joke jake i i i am smiling and laughing because you you like to belittle us salt lakers so much but you know <laughs> yeah, it's funny it was a good line all right uh, i didn't write it gordon you did i know but it wasn't it wasn't me talking about my hometown now it was me talking about my hometown through the eyes of the people in big, bad, sophisticated Los Angeles. I gotta, I gotta find exactly how that read. Cause that's not how it read. <laughs> okay. I gotta, now well, I've got to now find the line. No, it's okay. We don't have to review it, but I'm getting a little nervous. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. The, I, I believe that the jazz really are good. But I do think they're susceptible at times of making mistakes, and there are. And I, I know that they are capable of fighting through a bad shooting night. But if they have a bad shooting night against the better teams, then it's going to be extremely painful for them, because the defense is good, but I don't think it's good enough to keep them in games where they don't perform up to their typical normal standard at the offensive end. Hmm. I swear I'm going to click on this here. <laughs> oh, All right, I'm going to yeah. find it. We've got the yeah. we've got the night not sports report coming up. Oh, next. and I've got a news. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to find this. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Quick. Let's go to break so you can find it. I I know. No, no, no. no that's, that, that's all right. Uh, well, I got a good not sports report. Uh, it's uh, since we're talking about the Beatles, I've got a I've got a pretty humorous story about one of the. Fab Four. Oh, now the not sports report has to do with the Beatles too. Come on. What do you want? Do you want death and destruction? You're me what over the head with this for? thing. 
Oh, something uh, entertaining and uplifting. I, I think this is pretty entertaining and uplifting. All right, we're live from Jimmy's Flowers. Find out what they can do for you, jimmysflowers.com. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live here today at Jimmy's Flowers in Layton. Stop by and see us, 28. 40 North Hillfield Road. Of course, there are other locations in Ogden, 2735 Washington Boulevard, and of course in Bountiful, 470 South Main. Or make it easy. Just go to jimmysflowers.com. Right now, though, it's time for the Not Sports Report, uh, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Twitter, where I saw this story told about George Harrison the Beatle. All okay. right. And I'm going to read this. So please bear with me. Uh, I know that uh, it's, it's a little bit long, but it's worth it. The payoff is worth it. All right. Okay. So here goes. When Phil Collins was 19 and doing some session drumming, he got a call from a contact saying that George Harrison was looking for someone to play congas on a track on his new studio, his new solo album. All things must pass. You like that album. Don't you? Sure. Oh, I thought you were a George Harrison fan. I, I do. But I think he's the most talented Beatle. And would Phil be interested in playing? Of course. He races to the studio session to play on the track by his hero. He plays congas on the track with George there. And Phil Spector, the well-known producer, was involved. A few weeks later, the album comes out, and there is no sign of the congas on the track. Phil is gutted but can't do anything about it. 20 years pass without Phil and George crossing paths again. Then randomly they meet in an event and enjoy a chat. After an hour or so, Phil says to George, I don't know whether you remember, but when I was a kid, I came into the studio uh, for some sessions and played congas on a track. But when it was released, hang on, the, tra- the track then, it was released and the congas weren't on-, on the final recording. I've always wondered why. George replies that he has no recollection of all of that day, but says he was most likely it was mostly Phil Spector who didn't like the sound and took it off. But he does mention that he still has the master tapes from the whole session. And if Phil would like, he can send them to him so he can hear the congas. And Phil, of course, says he would love that. About three weeks later, Phil receives a large package and it is the master tapes from the session sent by George. He plays it, and the congas are on there, sounding absolutely terrible, unlistenable. Phil is devastated. To make it worse, at the end of the recording, quite clearly George can be heard saying to Phil Spector, get rid of the lad on the congas. He's crap. Wow. And and, and George still sent that to him? Phil calls up George after to thank him. 
He asked George if he listened to him before sending to them before sending. George says no, he didn't have time. Phil tells George how bad it was and also tells him that it was indeed George who had the congas removed and also said the lad playing them was crap. George says, oh, bleep. I'm sorry, man. What can I say? Phil takes it on the chin and they talk about something else. After a few minutes, George starts cracking up in fits of laughter. Phil asks him what he's laughing at. And George says, those tapes I sent you, they're not the real sessions. I wanted to get you going, so I hired a band to come in last week to re-record the whole song with me, and I deliberately played the worst congas imaginable and said at the end the lad on the congas was useless just so I could send them to you. I wish I could have seen your face. I'll send you the real sessions now. You sounded great. So here's so, a dude who, here's a dude, a beetle, a, a former beetle who who took took the time to uh, you know create this and send it to Phil Collins. Now I look, I don't know whether you believe that or not. I believe that it really happened. George Harrison had a great sense of humor, and I I think that's pretty cool. So that George Harrison went Mike from IT on Phil Collins right there. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Phil freaking Collins here, you know, and only a former Beatle could jerk him around like that. Yeah, it does. It feels kind of made up to me. What? Just because it's a good story doesn't mean it's not true. Kind of reeks of fiction there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Eric, Google that. We didn't see if it's true. I, I'm, I'm just telling you I don't that know. I believe it. I don't know, Gordon. That sounds like pretty made up to me. That sounds pretty fictional. I gotta, I gotta agree there. One of those, you know, legend stories that's never true. <laughs> well, I can't vouch for it, but, but you know, it's. I, I don't know whether it's like my stories, which are ninety nine point nine percent true. I mean, George Harrison. There's no way he has that much free time. Yeah, he does. I mean, he, are you kidding me? After he made all his money, he doesn't care. This was years later. He's like, he's living off his fortune. He can How do, do you whatever know what he George wants. is doing on a daily basis? Well, he's no longer with us, but uh, at that time, he he had the time to do whatever he wanted, and he could have hired anybody. Yeah, how do you know that? Anybody. What? What do you mean? How do you There's know George that? George Harrison? Are you kidding me? He's maybe getting he's all the busy. royalties from Apple Corps. Well, maybe he's like a painter or something. I don't know. Maybe he's got a, ho- a hobby. He's collecting stamps. Maybe he's very busy. Oh, and that, and that preoccupied all his time so he couldn't pull a gag on a, on a fellow musician? Eh, maybe he's running his own uh, label. Maybe he's taking a nap by the pool. I just don't know if I'm buying this whole thing. Johnny oh, Lightfoot saying no. Eric saying no. I think I think it's uh, false. I mean, I Googled it. The, the source you got it, from, it's on the Internet, but you just can't believe everything you read on the Internet. <laughs> well, Gordon does, though. If it's on the internet, that Gordon it will must believe be it. True. it. Must Come be true. Come on, I want to believe that story. Phil Collins told the story. You think Phil was just making it up? Why would he make oh, it man. up? I've always Googled. Why wouldn't he? All right, uh, we are here at Jimmy's Flowers. Uh, speaking of the internet, you can get online, make it easy on yourself, jimmysflowers.com. And uh, we are at the Layton location, but also Ogden and Bountiful as well, if you want to drop by in person. Mike is jumping on with us uh, again. Mike, are you a big Beatles fan? (laughs) 
If I say yes, that'll kind of tell you how old I am. So uh, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> I've heard of him. <laughs> Gordon wants hey, to believe that story so badly. Mike, Mike, I love the Beatles, and uh, you know I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> well, you should be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about uh, getting Valentine's Day right, Mike. Let's talk about uh, our listeners taking care of their loved ones. Yeah, you know, guys, uh, we can't emphasize enough. Uh, I know everyone thinks, oh, i got a long time till Valentine's Day is Sunday, but uh, you need to get in early. We're already getting a little bit low on certain items, and uh, we certainly don't want to disappoint anybody come Valentine's Day. Yeah, this year we were chatting off air a little bit about this, Mike. This year kind of more than ever where things are, are a little bit different. You jump on it early to make sure you've got it all squared away. That, that's really true, Jake. You know, COVID's affected the flower industry just like uh, many other things, and uh, supply on certain flowers is limited. Uh, containers are limited. There's, you know, just a, uh, a real shortage of different items, and so we've done our best to uh, bring in all kinds of different beautiful uh, flowers for your sweetheart, but uh, don't wait till, till the end. No, you hey, could Mike, be stuck. Mike, <laughs> Mike, I got a question for you. Jake asked me this earlier, and I think we need to run it by you. He said he was asking me, since I'm the the father of daughters, whether on Valentine's Day I should get something for my wife and for my daughters. Jake, of course, has a little three-year-old Sadie. What's your recommendation there? He needs to get some flowers for both of them, doesn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many deliveries we have that have multiple arrangements with them with it and and one of the kids names on each one of them and then for their wife so for sure she's just kind of now starting to get into holidays and get what it's all about so i thought that's probably a pretty good idea yeah definitely <laughs> all right jimmysflowers.com and uh you guys have arrangements for all prices but we the do way. we do we've got everything that you, you could need we'll take care of you and Nate was telling us about the that cool program where you're doing where you can kind of get it all all the big days taken care of. Yeah, That's you pretty know, sweet. He, he told me that was Gordon's idea, and I I'm not quite sure about that, but we'll give you credit, Gordon. Don't. I mean, it's don't do it. <laughs> I'm taking it. Man. It is a great idea. Yeah, yeah, it is. He explained it to me, and then I remembered. Oh, yeah, that was my idea, right, Jake? Isn't that the you way it was? Did <laughs> not. You but did but not. It, hey, it's a great idea because it's. You know, I mean, you, you, we all get busy, and that's a great way just to have your business taken care of, right? For sure. You could just get on the phone and call. It's like like Nate said. We have it on the Internet. It explains the the process and all about it. We can't do it on the Internet right now just because we need to collect uh, all the dates and things like that that you want to send out uh, on. But just call one of our stores, and we can, we can take care of you and make sure all your major important events in the next year are taken care of, and you don't have to do anything else. Awesome. Jimmy'sflowers.com or simply come by one of these locations. Mike, thank you very much. Thank you. Bowler joins us next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.